Did the Cincinnati Reds already have two front runners for starting rotation spots? And can we mark a few guys off the long list of bullpen candidates? Some questions were answered, but more questions emerged from the first weekend of Reds spring training games. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr, and my co-host Stephen Offenbaker is out today. He'll be back on tomorrow's show. Both Steve and I are lifelong Cincinnati Reds fans, and we turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to some sports talk, some Reds talk in particular, and uh, talking Reds with me. I encourage you, if uh, you're listening, make sure you check me out on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And if you're uh, watching here on YouTube, drop a thought in the comments section. Talking Reds is what I do, and I want to talk Reds with you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen. We're free and available on all platforms. And on today's podcast, I want to look at the first weekend that was two games. Yes, I know. There's not really anything you can glean from two games, but is there? I got some stocks that I think are up, a couple of stocks that are down, and some players to watch out for as the spring moves along. A couple of people really announced their presence in these first two games because I want to start with some players whose stock is up. We're also going to talk about a statistic that helps predict pitcher performance but that's coming up later in the show. All right, players whose stock is up. While no one won or lost a roster spot during the first two games of spring training, some players position themselves better than others. I mean, talking about getting out to a hot start is what David Bell has done all offseason. That, that's what he has been about anytime a camera's been put in front of him, anytime a microphone's been put in front of him for an interview. He's talking about we got to come out of the gate hard this season. They went 3-22 and to begin the year last year, and he attributes a lot of that to the tumultuous nature of all of the trades that began the shortened spring training out of the lockout. And with all of that, they just never got their footing until about May or June, in, in some cases as to what he said for a lot of guys. So he's like, that's the biggest thing with spring training is, yeah, sure, from our perspective, we're going to see a lot of position battles. We're going to see some guys working things out, some guys trying to make their name and get going on their major league careers. But as a team, they've got to get out to the hot start. And there were some dudes starting with Will Benson. Told you guys about this guy. He is going to be a lot of fun. If you heard me say this before the game, Congratulations, because I told you, the hype train's leaving the station when it comes to Will Benson, and he showed us why. He did only get two at-bats there in that first game, but they were good. He he hit a scorching infield single, probably the hardest hit infield single that I can remember because it was hit right at the first baseman, and strike me if I'm wrong, I can't think of any first baseman that would have fielded that ball cleanly. Josh Naylor definitely did not. It's funny because he, he did the whole thing like, hey, hey, I thought that ball was in my glove. Where'd it go? Oh, no. 
Will Benson got a single out of it. Ended up stealing second, went over to third, and then stole home on a bonehead play that was set up by the Cleveland Guardians catcher Mike Zanino because there was a ball four, had a walk. For some reason, he thought that the runner was trying to steal second, so he throws down to second, and in that moment, Will Benson understood, I'm going to beat the throw home because he's still catching it. The second baseman was still catching it, and so Will Benson broke from third and sprinted home for the Reds' first run of the game. That is the kind of electricity this team needs. That is the kind of absolute just raw talent that we've been talking about when it comes to Will Benson. The fact that they were able to really hit this uh, this trade that I, I really think we can uh, almost call it a, a, a Brandon Phillips. It's going to be in the category of a Brandon Phillips type trade where the Reds gave up next to nothing for him and, and, and could get a phenomenal player out of the deal. Plus, and, and I was looking at this as well. This is an overarching theme for this spring training for this year is team speed. Will Benson with his two steals, and then Jonathan India, he stole third um, earlier in that. No, no, no. Earlier in the game, he didn't end up scoring, but earlier in the game, he stole third. This team's going to get a lot of steals. Last year, raise your hand if you know the guy who led the team in steals last year. Bet you didn't think it was Nick Senzel. He had eight. Eight steals led the team. That's, that's, that's going to get blown out of the water this season. Uh, Will Benson might do it. Jonathan India cut down on weight and added speed. He's ready to go. This whole team is going to be uh, mindful of their base running and be aggressive doing it. I, I, I'm looking at another guy. Stock up. Obviously, this dude hit the walk-off home run to win the game against the Guardians, and that's Matt McClain. Matt McClain got the chance. He played in both games, Saturday and Sunday. He played shortstop on Saturday, came off the bench both games. He also played second base on Sunday. He had two hits. One was a single. The other was that walk-off homer, and he also drew a walk. Now, I, I think this is in, this is important because we talk about spring training performances and how you have to take everything with a grain of salt. In the grand scheme of things, Matt McClain hit a spinning cut fastball off of a dude who's not going to make the Guardians opening day roster and clobbered it for a walk-off home run. However, if he can add power to his game this year, he's going to live up to that first-round draft grade, the first-round draft pick that the Reds spent on him. He is going to be the guy that we hope he can be and he can earn a spot on this roster because he tried to add power last year and what he added was strikeouts to his game. And he's got to mitigate that and, and, and make sure that he can kind of cut that out. But on the other side of that coin, if power is part of his profile, then we are talking about a legitimate roster threat. And, and one other guy, and this one was interesting because if you're really trying to, you know, talk about pitchers who had good stock and stuff, like, every single pitcher that the Reds used in these first two games threw one inning. Luke Weaver, he only threw one inning. And it's not going to make or break his starting rotation candidacy, but what was said and what was written about him might just do that because he's got four pitches that he's working with. He's working with a four-seamer, a changeup, a curveball, and a cut fastball. If he can throw those four pitches almost interchangeably, he could be that veteran presence in the starting rotation that 
the Reds really didn't add. I, we've been talking about Luke Weaver all offseason is kind of poo-pooing him uh, since he came over. One year's $2 million, hasn't pitched more than 66 innings in the last three seasons. Four seasons, sorry, can't count. So I'm not really sure what we're getting here, but the reports are positive that he's putting in the work. He wants to be a starting pitcher for the Reds. And an honorable mention goes out to Luke Maley because that dude's got a cannon. Had two uh, caught stealings, probably only had one. There's no replay in spring training games, but the second guy he threw out might have been safe, but the umpire called him out. So, hey, that's two caught stealings for Luke Maley in his first action as a Red. But uh, listen, I, I love that the stock is up. I'm not saying that any one of these guys has already figured it out. It's really just their first taste of game action, our first taste of watching them play in the games. But, you know, I still think that these guys position themselves very favorably. However, there were three pitchers who put themselves a step behind everyone else. I'll tell you who and why coming up next. Before I tell you about that, though, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want to add all the fat and calories, you've got to try Built Bar because Built Bar fits into literally every diet. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. Perfect for any sort of diet that you've got going on. Maybe you're still holding on to that New Year's resolution. Congrats if you are. Get a Built bar today because I I really don't know how they do it. They have these protein bars that taste like a candy bar, but they also maintain amazing macros. And when they eat and and what's even better when you're talking about a built bar is the fact that they are covered in 100% real chocolate and they have 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Plus, we've been telling you for a while now that you can go to built.com and get your order, but you don't have to wait for shipping anymore. You can go to Walmart or Sam's club and pick you up a box today. Now Walmart's going to have a four bar box of a couple of different flavors like cookies and cream or double chocolate or even coconut puffs. Those are pretty good right there. Or you can go to Sam's club and grab a 13 bar box with some like brownie batter and churro. Those are amazing. You can still go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON15. You can go down to the road to uh, your local Sam's Club or your local Walmart and get you a box today, and trust me, you'll thank me later. Coming up tomorrow, did Major League Baseball overreact by implementing this pitch clock? Steve and I will discuss. But there were a couple of guys who kind of put themselves behind the eight ball a little bit. Uh, when you're talking about their performance, and all three of these guys, I'm looking at three possible bullpen arms. Now, they're all uh, non-roster invitees. They're not on the 40-man roster. So if they're already you know, kind of a step behind, they need to play well, and they didn't start off well, including a guy who I tagged as my pick to make it off of the non-roster invitee list and make the opening day roster. I'll talk about him in just a moment, though. The first guy that comes to mind, and if you listen to the radio broadcast, you know what I'm talking about when I say Daniel Norris. Cowboy absolutely put this dude on blast. Now, I, I, I'm I'm hoping that the radar gun at uh, Goodyear Ballpark is solid. I'm hoping that it's accurate. Because according to Cowboy, Daniel Norris had an 84-mile-an-hour fastball. Mm-hmm. That's high school. 
It's not good. You're not making a major league roster with an 84 mile an hour fastball. I don't care if you are left-handed and Cowboy said it and he, he was right. Maybe there's a reason the Tigers got rid of him. Yeah, not, not great. He did. He did get a pitch clock violation as well, but that's, that's neither here nor there. There were a lot of different uh, players trying to figure that one out. And we're going to talk more about that tomorrow, Steve and I. So definitely make sure you check out tomorrow's episode, but Daniel Norris, Not a great start. 84-mile-an-hour fastball. I'm not really sure how that's going to play. There's another guy, and this guy uh, pitched later on in the game on Sunday, and he got tattooed. Talking about Alan Businitz. Again, another guy who is a non-roster invitee. This guy's a righty, though. And if you're trying to make a bullpen and you are amongst the throng of guys that the Reds are testing out in that avenue – you got to stand out a little bit. And if your first outing is going to be as bad as Alan Businitz, he gave up three hits, including a homer and three runs. Part of the reason that the Reds didn't win that second spring training game. Now we're not going to go crazy about relief pitchers blowing things in spring training because well, the wins and losses don't matter. But if you're a guy like Alan Businitz and you're trying to make the opening day roster, this wasn't the way you wanted to start that campaign. And uh, the third guy whose stock is down after the first weekend of action is my dude, Tehran Guerrero. He is the guy uh, that I I, I picked, and his profile is that, that he has a 104-mile-an-hour fastball, and that is amazing. Uh, But if you're not going to throw that for strikes, there's not a whole lot of value to be had. I'm sorry. If you're going to walk multiple batters in an inning, if you're going to come out of the bullpen and you're going to give up multiple walks, I'm not interested. I'm just not interested in seeing where that goes because I don't know how you build on that when you're going to pitch one inning a night and you're probably only going to pitch two or three times a week at most. I don't know how you fix that. I don't know how you work on that. And 104 miles an hour is a lot of fun, but I mean – He gave up three walks. He gave up two hits, five total base runners. He did limit the damage with a double play ball, but he still gave up a a run. That's not something I want to see coming out of the bullpen. And again, first appearance. I understand that. And we're taking everything with a little bit of a grain of salt. But the fact that three of the five base runners he allowed were on walks, that's on him. That's not on, you know, bad defense behind him or, or bad luck balls that were put in play or something like that. It's, all about the walks. Can you command your pitches? Certainly didn't seem like Tehran Guerrero could control his pitches at all there. And, and the reason that I say this, and you're probably saying Daniel Norris, Alan Businitz, Tehran Guerrero, seriously, that's where we're going with this. The thing of it is these guys are already behind the eight ball, not being on the 40-man roster. If they're going to make this roster, if they're going to make the Reds team, because there is an opportunity in the bullpen for that, It's not as if there is a cut and dry eight guys who are ready to take their spot in this bullpen. There's an opportunity here. But for Daniel Norris, Alan Businitz, and Tehran Guerrero, I think they put themselves a step behind after the first two games. Now, Tehran Guerrero is going to pitch in the World Baseball Classic. I don't think Daniel Norris or Alan Businitz will be, but Tehran Guerrero is going to have that shot to kind of you know, step up the competition that he's playing against. And we could see him earn a spot in this bullpen still. <laughs> but command problem, we, we've seen this. We've, we've, we've seen this act, right? We've seen this play out quite a few times. 
your stuff can be nasty, but if you can't cross the strike zone with it, not interested. And, and, and listen, you know, the first two games of spring training, sure, no one has 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 earned a spot on the roster yet. Who's who? You know, there's a couple of guys who are already locks, but for the positions that are you know battles, nobody's won those yet. Nobody's lost those yet. But there have certainly been some players, the guys that we talked about who have improved their stock, like Will Benson, like Matt McClain, and like Luke Weaver. And there's some players who have hurt their stock, like Daniel Norris, Alan Businitz, and Tehran Guerrero. So hopefully those guys can bounce back a little bit. But it's a, it's a bit of a tough one, tough, tough beginning for them in this spring training. You know, there's a statistic that is a helpful predictor of a pitcher's performance. I'll tell you what that is. Coming up next. Before we talk about that, though, I want to let you know that you can follow the podcast on every single podcasting platform, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time watching, thank you so much for watching. Make sure that you click the subscribe button and you hit the bell to get notified. We're going to be with you five days a week all throughout spring training, all throughout the regular season when there's you know breaking news, when something big's happening, we're going to go live and be right there ready for you. And we're going to try to incorporate a couple of live pregame shows throughout this season for big games and you know big moments and things like that. We, we did one for the opening spring training game. Hope you got a chance to view that. They're probably going to be YouTube only simply because a pregame show doesn't necessarily have a super long shelf life. So definitely make sure that you're following the YouTube channel to get notified whenever we've got things like that coming up for you. All right, last week I talked about fielding independent pitching. We talked about FIP. It was on Friday. We talked about why it is a bit of a better explanation of a pitcher's performance than ERA is because ERA just talks about the runs that a pitcher allowed while he was on the mound, not necessarily some things that he could control. FIP attempts to isolate the things that a pitcher can control and give him credit for that and, or, you know, give, give him fault for it, I guess, is what we're looking for. XFIP is a good predictor of a pitcher's performance. In fact, XFIP is calculated very much the same way as FIP is, and this is just to give you an example. I'm not sitting here calculating this stuff. I'm looking it up on baseball reference and on fan graphs and stuff like that, but just to understand the numbers and, and why they're used, XFIP is calculated the same way as FIP, except it replaces the home runs that a pitcher allows, and it, it replaces it with... Um, an estimate of how many they should have allowed given the number of fly balls they surrendered and, and while assuming a league average home run fly ball, home run per fly ball percentage. Now, that's, that's another stat that we've used to talk about luck. You know, is a pitcher getting lucky or are they getting unlucky when it comes to, you know, the fly balls that they allow that somehow fly out of the ballpark? Most pitchers tend to allow more often than not, a fly ball to leave Great American Ballpark. It's just Great American Ballpark. It's how it rolls. So they 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 you know calculate the percentage of fly balls that turn into home runs, and they use it for this. and And the whole reason for that is to say you know home run rates are unstable year over year. A pitcher may allow home runs on twelve percent of their fly balls in one season, and then turn around the next year and only allow seven percent of their fly balls to turn into home runs. So this, this is trying to 
mitigate that uh, when it comes to it. And when it comes to XFIP, um, you have uh, this is what we this is what the Reds looked like last season. Luis Castillo led the team with a 3.38 XFIP. Again, this is on the ERA scale. So uh, the 3.38 XFIP for Luis Castillo. Then you had Nick Lodolo at 3.49 as the second best Reds pitcher. The XFIP was very kind to the rookie. Then Joel Kunal at 3.52. You had Hunter Green at 3.64. Tyler Malley at 3.95. Alexis Diaz at 3.97 and Graham Ashcraft at 4.09. You say, Jeff, that's a lot of numbers. And the reason that I just kind of rattled off all those numbers is to say this, just like ERA, if that number begins with three, it's pretty good. All but one Graham Ashcraft at 4.09. Those numbers begin with three and we did not see, I mean, Luis Castillo was on, was on that list, but and so was Tyler Malley, but everybody else, pitchers who are here, talking about the big three in the rotation, talking about Alexis Diaz, and talking about Joe Kunal, which is interesting to see his name on there. He did pitch on Sunday. He allowed three hits, but he didn't give up any runs. Um, but the but XFIP, expected fielding independent pitching, is a way to predict a pitcher's performance. It's it's the kind of thing. It's it's way better at explaining how a pitcher is actually performing because it talks about the luck that he has on fly balls and whether or not they're turning into home runs talks about his strikeouts talks about his walks and it talks about his hits bat his hit batsman the pitches he can control it takes away the luck that he might have if there's a um, amazing gold glove defense behind him or if he's getting unlucky because there's a terrible defense behind him <clears throat> The 2022 Cincinnati Reds. So that's why you saw some ex-fips that looked pretty tantalizing for some Reds pitchers because, well, they were pitching all right for the things that they could control. And ex-fip is something that we will use a lot. I talked about FIP last week. FIP and ex-fip are numbers that we will use to talk about pitchers, especially starting pitchers, because they are... Uh, you, you know, just like ERA, they are a little susceptible to small sample sizes. So like if a guy pitches 10 innings, he could have an XFIP of one if he's just that good, or he can have an XFIP of 10 and neither one really tells us anything. So these are really good at talking about starting pitching, just like ERA is. We always talk about with a relief pitcher, it's kind of uh, foolish to say that you know something about a relief pitcher based on their ERA alone because it could just be a couple of bad outings that kind of, you know, make the whole thing rotten. But XFIP is definitely going to be a stat that we use because it's a good predictor on what is to come for a pitcher. And that's going to wrap us up for this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Coming up tomorrow, Steve will be back and we will tell you if Major League Baseball overcorrected with their implementation of the pitch clock. And, of course, it's nice that they're uh, trying to find all this stuff out in spring training. Hopefully it doesn't affect the regular season. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen. Now, for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. Uh, they're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, just like Lockdown Reds. We are your team 
every day. And as we move through spring training and as we approach opening day, we will be locked on Reds every single day.